0: All right. Good morning. Good morning. 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 Come on, ain't sleep time. Let's go. Good morning. morning. Anybody, I'm excited this morning. That was a little emotional for me. I know I'm shy but you know. Amen. I think uh, I just got a, a few things to share with you from my heart this morning and I really believe God has a powerful word for you. So let's would you would you pray with me real quick? Say, God, if I'm wrong, write me. If I'm lost, guide me. If I'm far, bring me close. And when I start to give up, keep me going. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. I like to start with a quote sometimes. Here's my scandalous quote of the day for this morning. Jesus did not come to save us from pain and suffering, but from meaninglessness. I like that, say, mmm, let like that marinate. Everybody in this room has had to deal with some kind of pain and suffering. You've, you've all had one point or another, whether you're a, a, a church person or not, you, you've all experienced some kind of pain and suffering. And if you haven't, I hate to be the one to let you know you will. Jesus tells us in the book of John, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trials and and tribulations. You're going to have sorrows and disappointments. You're going to have heartaches and loss. But he says, but be of good cheer. But be be courageous. Take courage because I have overcome the world. Somebody say amen. I came to tell somebody today, take courage, be courageous. I've gone before you, I've made a way for you so that you can do the same, says your God. Amen? This is the last service of the year, so I'm not wasting time, I want to go right in. John 10.10 John 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Isn't that a good word? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. We get so mixed up, we think Jesus came so we could have laws and regulations and thou shalt not. Jesus came, Jesus said, I came that you might have life. That you might live life to the fullest. I love when young adults say, yes. They get it. This is, this is one of the grandest and boldest promises found in the word. In, in his own words, he tells us, I came that you might have a life. I came that you might have purpose. Amen? And so I want everyone here today to walk out with purpose. So since it's the last service of the year, I wanted to do it like an Ellen show, right? You're getting purpose, and you're getting purpose, and you're getting... Everybody here is walking out with purpose. The problem is I don't have Ellen's budget. So so look, who has a bulletin? Lift up your bulletin. Pull out your bulletin real quick. Who has one? Pull it up. Pull it out. Look on the back. <coughs> who has the word purpose written on the back in the box? Who has it? Hold it up. Who has it? Johnny, I'm lying. Everybody has it. It's the same bulletin. (laughs) Who has it? Who has it? All right. Rip out that word purpose. I know it's a budget. I don't have a budget. So rip out that word purpose. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your purse. Put it, stick it in your brush. Whatever you got to do. Everybody's going home with purpose. Amen? Listen, listen. If you're okay, look at the person next to you. They might need some purpose. Give it to them. But I want everybody going home with more purpose than they came in. Amen? Because listen, listen, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sick and tired of, of the media and social networks and the political agendas trying to define for us what God so plainly and evidently displays in us. You and I are wonderfully and marvelously created. And we're divinely inspired. Say amen. See, a country's belief or lack of belief can't limit God. Our laws can't define God. Our faith or lack of faith can't control God. Our unwillingness to follow Him can't dismiss God. Our unbelief can't intimidate God. Our past can't disqualify God. Our science and theories of creation can't erase God. I many? I still get an email every six months asking me to go and donate blood. Why? Because as smart as we are, as intelligent and advanced as we are, we still cannot recreate the life that God has put in our blood. Amen? <laughs> Ephesians 2.20 says, we are the workmanship of God. I am the handiwork of God. And so, you know, if you want to walk around thinking you're the result of a cosmic accident and that you came from monkeys and you have no purpose, you you knock yourself out. But the word tells me I was created for a purpose, with purpose, and on purpose. Amen? Tell somebody Christmas is over, but I'm still getting gifts. Come on. The entire point of, of celebrating a holiday like we just did is, is to honor God for the gift that we've been given. Because God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him should have life. Amen? For unto us a child is born, to us a child is been given, and He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I, I just can't believe Christmas came and went. Who, who wasn't ready? Come on. It was 70 degrees. I saw the, the Salvation Army Santa in a wife beater. It just ringing the bell. I was not ready, man. I was not ready. Listen, I still have two sets right, right by the two doors to, to leave my house. I still have two sets of, of beautiful LED globe projection lights that I bought and I promised my wife I was going to put up for Christmas. Right by the door, right? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really my fault. We had to do the roof and so I, was, I figured oh, when they finished the roof, We'll, we'll get that done. But then the roof got finished and then they had to do the gutters and so then the gutters got finished and then, okay, so then the stucco had to get, get fixed and so then the stucco got fixed. So the, the roof got done, the gutters got done, the stucco got fixed, then it rained and then it was okay. Now it was clear. Okay, go put them up. It was the 23rd. That's it. I am not risking my life on a ladder for two days of lights. So, so we'll, put those, we'll put those next year, Amen. You ever wish you could just call like a do-over, right? Anybody remember that as a kid? This is the older guys, the grandpas. You remember? Remember as a kid, we called do-over. No, young people don't know about that because you don't know what it is to share. You do? Yeah, yeah. We we grew up, We had to share things. We had to take turns. You tell you tell a kid today, you got to take turns. They're like what? We got seven-year-olds got their own iPhones, six-year-olds on the gram, on their iPad. We're like, Mamito, you got to share with him. Share? That's not even my Facebook friend. (laughs) Younger people don't know. When you grew up with 23 cousins, you had to take turns with stuff. Right? And so, and so whenever your turn came up, if you, you wanted right at the end of your turn, you may believe you must, oh, do over, do over. <laughs> In my grandmother's house, we'd be downstairs, At 18 of us, we had one skateboard with three wheels. <laughs> I right, I had four wheels, but one of them didn't spin. So, you know, the skateboard would always turn that way, so you had to keep putting it back so you don't go into the street. But we take turns, all right. You go to the corner, you come back, and now it's my turn. And so you go, and on the way back, you you know, oh no, no, I got messed up. That was rocks. Do over, do over. <laughs> and you and, and you know, there's always that kid that was a real kind of a bully about, nah man, I called do-over. It's a serious thing. Like if you called it, it's like calling shotgun, you know. I call shotgun, no. This ain't your car, bro. You're not, you don't I don't care what you called, right? But do over was a serious thing for us, right? You ever wish you could do that as an adult? You messed up, right? You did something bad, man. You tried something, and you failed, you blew it. Man, do over. Nah, I call it do over. I was watching, my wife and I were watching that show, Born This Way. Have you seen that? With the Down syndrome kids. Man, and we were, we were watching them interact with each other, and, and when like, one of them will say something, the other one get her feelings hurt, and she'd be real upset, and so they'd go to the other one, I'm, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, oh, she, she, she'd come right back to him and say, listen, you hurt my feelings with that, and so the other one would say, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. And then they will say, do you accept my apology? And the other one would say, I apologize you. Give me a hug. And they would hug. And, and me and my wife are sitting there crying. We're like, uh, don't you wish church was like that? Don't you wish we were, don't you wish we I'm sorry that I hurt you. Oh, I hurt you. I'm sorry. Would you accept my apology? I, I accept your apology. Give me a hug. <laughs> Amen. Do-overs. Situation comes up and you treated somebody poorly and you say, man, you know what? That, was, that wasn't the right way to act to you, man. Can I get a do-over? It's, it's something more, that's more than sorry, right? That's more than, yo, my bad. That's, we live in a my bad generation, right? Yo, yo, man, I hurt my feelings. What you did made me feel, yo, my bad. Whatever, you know? Get over it, grow over it, move on, you know? But do-over, can I get a do-over? Can I, can I try that? again, right? It's more than saying I'm sorry. It, when you have to ask for a do-over, this, this, let me do it right this time, you know? Imagine if, 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 you know, for some things we don't have that opportunity to do it over. Time has passed. Things have changed, right? But imagine if we could say, nah, man, I, I call a do-over. I wasn't there for you as a father. I wasn't there for you as a mother. I wasn't whatever. I call a do-over. And imagine it just started all over again and you had the 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 chance. Imagine imagine if this hit our spiritual life. Imagine if we could say, God, all right, I'm sorry, God. I get a do over. Can I get another chance, God? I'm I'm sorry, I I messed up, but I really want to get it right. Anybody ever been there? Can I get a do over? Can I, can, I, can I give you some good news today? God allows duels. I'll tell you even better. Wait, wait, wait. Even better. Even better. He's not only the God of the second chances, but sometimes God even orchestrates the duels. Sometimes you're in the middle of something you're so angry about, and you're, so, you're having such a hard time, and you don't realize that God is orchestrating a duo. He's in the middle. Can, can I tell somebody God is in the middle of your duo? We can see it all throughout the scriptures. There, there are stories about men and women who, they weren't perfect, man. Isn't it awesome that nobody in the Bible was perfect except Jesus? I love that we can get excited about Paul and John, but they were knuckleheads. They did stupid things, sometimes dumb, dumber things than you and I, Right? And so it's awesome because the Bible doesn't give us all these superheroes. It gives us people just like me and you <coughs> who didn't start out what, the right way, you know. And God, in His, in his grace and His mercy, he, he orchestrates do-over. Can I tell you about one do-over? For the next couple of weeks, I'm going to kind of be sharing some stories about the do-overs. Let me share one with you. The, the story of Saul. Many of us know him as the Apostle Paul. You might know or or not know that Saul was a Pharisee. he was a devout religious man he He went to school he had training, he had extensive education in in religion in 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 his beliefs and and he was so he took so much pride in his belief that when he heard there was a movement of these people who were following a messiah that the Jews hadn't accepted, he took it upon himself to persecute and try to take out the whole... Paul Paul was gangster, right? He tried to take out the the, the people that were following Jesus of that time. They called them people that were on the way. People of the way. They didn't call them Christians. They called them people the way. And so when Paul Paul tried to take it upon himself to to persecute and try to take out the whole movement, that's how much he he was serious about God, right? He, He was gangster with it. The first martyr, Stephen, who was killed... For following Christ, Saul was right there at his execution. Saul, as a matter of fact, got permission from the high priest to go to people's houses and drag Christians out of their homes to to bring them and arrest them and torture them and persecute them. And It was on one of those trips. You can read this in the book of Acts. I don't want to read it all for you. But in the book of Acts, you can find this. And and you should. So you make sure I'm not making up the parate. You know, you always want to check that the person in the pulpit is preaching what the Word says. Amen? So this is in the book of Acts. You can find it. It tells us that on one of those trips, uh, uh, him and all his men were struck with a blinding light brighter than the sun. And they fell to the floor and they were blinded. And it, it tells us then that Saul heard Jesus' voice speak to him and, and tell him, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you? I don't, he said, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. Jesus said, that which you've done unto the least of them, you've done unto me. That, that's an, an amazing uh, whole point in itself. But, but he confronted him and, and spoke to him and it left him blind. And then he said, he said go, go. He told him, give him directions. He said, go to the city. And so this bold soldier, now he's being led by the arm because he's blind. He can't see. And they, they bring him to the city. And the word tells us that he, for three days, he sat down and didn't eat or drink. How many of you have been that depressed? You know, when you get that, when you have that, where you're just sitting for three days. Sometimes God gives us a reset like that. Sometimes God will orchestrate that. And so he he sat for three days blind, didn't eat or drink. And then here's the awesome thing. Now Jesus starts orchestrating the whole do-over for him. He speaks to another man in a vision, a man named Ananias. And he tells Ananias, Ananias, I want you to go here to a certain place and there you're going to find Saul of Tarsus. And I want you to lay hands on him and, and open his eyes. And, and Ananias says, Saul, are you crazy? That's like the Christian scarface. That guy eats Christians for breakfast. No way. No way. I'm not going to go see Saul. And Jesus, the word says, Jesus tells him again, go not the ghetto. Says, go to Saul of Tarsus and lay hands on him. And so he goes and and he, he goes to him, he lays hands on him, and, and Saul gets a do-over. It says scales fall off his eyes. Not only physically, but like in the spirit. His eyes are open. His, his heart is open. He's, he's a changed man. He changes his name to Paul. You, you know when you change your name that God does something in you, right? I mean, you know, like they used to call you like, you know, Weedhead Freddy or... And you're like, no, 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 man. That's not me no more. When you change your name, you know that something changed, right? Pothead Paul, whatever you know, whatever <laughs> they call, and and you tell, and you, and people still know you like that, and people come up to you, you know, years later. Oh, yo, that's no, no, man, that's not me. Don't call him. my name is Paul. you are like, whoa, you, excuse, excuse me, you know, but but when you change your name, you know God's done something in your life, right? So he he gets a Saul gets a do over, man. He gets his name changed, and and he goes on to become one of the most determined apostles. In the scriptures, he writes half the New Testament, man. And he he endures persecution. He the, he gets put every time he preaches, he gets locked up, put in jail for every time every mission missionary trip that he takes, he's he's stranded, he's left shipwrecked, he's he's beaten and left for dead. And the next morning, he gets up, say, "Man, I'm Paul, and Jesus is Lord." And he'll and they'll tell him, you, you can't preach here no more. He says, you can't, I don't listen to you. Should I listen to you, man, or should I listen to God? And he endured all of this hard hardship and, and went through all these things because God orchestrated his do-over. He's the one that goes on to write, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. Amen? The awesome thing... The awesome thing about God's grace is that He's He's not a respecter of persons. He He doesn't respect our past, our mistakes, our, our unbelief. Did you know that your unbelief doesn't intimidate God? You don't hurt God with your unbelief. You can't limit God with your unbelief. Say, God, I don't believe in you. And and you know He can answer back then, why are you talking to me? <laughs>
1: You like that one, right? That was
0: good. Let me a high five. No, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. kidding. God is good, man. He doesn't he's just not a, a respecter of persons, our, our past, and everything. And so so listen, because today's like the Ellen show today, everyone in the building is getting a do-over. Come on, get everyone in the building is getting a do-over. Everybody. But listen, we're on a budget, so it's a little bit of a different thing. <coughs> You're getting a do-over. She's getting a do-over. He's getting a do-over. When you get it, you can, you can open it. You can save it. You can give it away if you want to. But I want to make sure everybody gets a do-over today. Listen, listen, as, as, you, as that's going around, listen, let me, let me just give you the scriptures why I'm able to do that. I, I want you to know the budget that I have in God that allows me to do that. Listen to this. If, if I read someplace that says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cl- cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Second Corinthians five, seventeen. It says in Acts three, nineteen, I love this, if we repent, if we just turn to God, our sins will be blotted out, and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Does anybody need times of refreshing today? The word says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness for our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, Ephesians 1.7. Listen, God not only allows do-overs, sometimes God orchestrates do-overs. And I believe that's what he's doing today. Did you know you you were going to get a do-over today? Did anybody, don't answer this, don't raise your hands, I don't want you to, did anybody need a do-over this morning? I believe that's what God's doing today as, as the do-overs are, are still handing out as you're thinking about the, the... It's just a silly piece of paper with a ribbon. I know. But it's symbolic of something so powerful. Go ahead, open it up. It just says do-over. Nothing magical. I'll be honest with you, we didn't even pray over those papers. Came right from the copy machine in the back. Some leftover Christmas ribbon. We didn't even buy that special for this. We didn't dip it in oil. We didn't have Pastor Gary lay over it and pray. Just a duel. Just a symbol of something that God's already provided for you. I have one more special gift that I want to give you today. I want to introduce you to someone today. Isn't that awesome to meet new people? Well, the new people are nervous now. Don't worry, I'm not bringing you up if we haven't already spoke, so it's okay. I want you to, to meet somebody who's no stranger to the do over. Someone who's living proof that when God puts purpose in you, He won't relent until He brings you to it. This person is not someone in history, it's not someone we read about in books, it's somebody that's with us here today, one of us, right here in the building. I want you to welcome Victor Marrero. Some might know him as Papo.
1: My name is uh, Victor. Most people know me as Pablo, And it's a great honor to come in here and share my testimony uh, with the whole congregation, with the church. Um, it brings me joy, not only that, it, um, um, God has overcome by our testimony. And it is so important for me to give him all the glory for what he's done in my life. Um, day after day, what he's done in my life. And um, he's still not done yet. Yeah. Um, i not sure where to start, so I'm just going to start um, where my life began at and um, how I got here. And I want to thank Pastor George for allowing me to come up on our do-over. And when I see the board, it says uh, do-over. And to me, do-over is to do the will of God. And the over is just to do it over and over in your <laughs> life to try to become a reflection <laughs> of Christ. Because that's what we have. We need to become a reflection of Christ. And that's what I strive for. As we know, no one is perfect, only Christ. So my story starts, um, I was born and raised here in the Bronx. Um, I was raised on Watson Avenue and I had good, uh, good parents, good guidance, but I chose to separate myself from the goodness or from the grace and mercy of God. Because the Bible said none can separate us from God, but we separate ourselves from him. And that's exactly what I did. I separated myself very distance from him, and I chose the life of, of, of crime. I chose the life of, of dealing drugs in the street and, and not realizing, actually, not, not just the damage I was doing to others, but the damage I was doing to my family um, day after day. I mean, they were wondering if I was going to make it home that night, um, if I was going to be okay, if I was going to wind up in jail. And through the grace of God, most of my days worked out good because God is so full of grace and mercy. And hustling in the streets, which I thought, you know, okay, this is what I need. The money is good. I love the money. But at the same time, we can't serve two masses. I was, I was, I was idolizing the money. I was worshiping the money, and I wasn't worshiping the Maker, our Creator, and and it came a time in my life where where I was getting um, too big for myself in the street, and I was I was I was dealing heavy drugs at the time, and just over over turf or street war, which we don't know nothing. God owns everything on earth, everything in the water, everything all around us, and 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 came to the point where, uh, sad to say, uh, who I thought were friends of mine for many years. This is how sad it gets when you choose the life of crime, the life of drugs, the life to be disobedient from God. My own friends wind up shooting me 14 times. I was shot in the head, I was shot in the face, in the mouth, I was shot so many places in my body. And I kept thinking I'm 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 lucky, and and yes, it was luck. I was lucky to be serving a, a a mighty God. I just thought it was my luck for myself. Oh, I'm strong. I I I can I can overcome this. I can I I can stay alive if I just be strong. But I wasn't strong in the Lord. The Lord was just so merciful and full of grace and compassion for His children and and. He allowed me to, to, to be healed from that. I mean, for, at that point, I should have just chose a rap career, because if 50 cents got shot nine times, <laughs> and he got a record deal, I probably would have went triple platinum. <laughs> but, just saying, thank you. But glory to God, look, everybody's laughing when I got shot, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but glory be to God he just he's seen something in me that I would never seen in myself and he's seen that one day He he's just so patient wishing that that none should perish he knew one day I would turn to him and that when I turn to him I will serve him wholeheartedly with all my heart so in mind because he is, he is my healer if it wasn't for him I wouldn't be here giving the testimony and I only pray that I can into someone's life or heart and have them understand that if they know someone it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. As my life continued on and I still continue not following God after after being shot all those times. I still said, you know what? I have to be smarter. Let me stop stop dealing in this area. Let me, let me build something larger elsewhere. Let me stop being local. Let me expand. And God, God let me expand. He said, go ahead, I'm gonna let you do your thing because I know one day you're gonna turn to me. And he let me continue on in, in my sin and just continue and continue because you have to keep going further in your sin so that you can turn away from your sin and say, you know what? I give up, I fully surrender. And I never came to that point yet. And I continued, continued just hustling, dealing drugs and doing wrong, hurting others, doing what wasn't right. And I wasn't just sinning against them, the people I was dealing with and hustling with. I was sinning against God in heaven. And that's what hurts me now to know I did that. But God is forgiving. So later on in my life, I... I wound up uh, uh, getting caught by the feds, and they sent me away for a very long prison uh, sentence. And because of that incarceration, my eyes were able to be open. First thing I did when I got arrested, uh, actually I wasn't arrested, I was rescued when I first got rescued um, when I first was uh, rescued first thing I did was I, I opened up the Bible and at first I opened it up because my motives wasn't right I opened it up and I was saying God I'm gonna read your word but I ask you to please have the just be lenient on me don't give me such a super long sentence as I thought I was gonna get and if you do that for me I promise I will serve you all the days of my life and sure enough he kept his end of the bargain I didn't get uh, the super long prison sentence I thought I was gonna get because God was with me throughout the whole way throughout the streets throughout the struggle throughout the pain through the crying I mean God knew my every tear he knew my every pain he knows my every burden and. Opening the Bible, it allowed me to to understand and read the greatest love story in the world. And that's from Genesis to Revelations. The, The love that God has for each and every one of us. And being in prison, I met a man in prison. This man, he took me in as a father would take you in. he showed me how to do right. No matter what I did wrong in front of him, he said, don't worry about it, it's okay. You can have a do-over. And even when I, when I didn't want to do right and still continue to do wrong, he was still there for me. He said, no, you can't, you can't do that. You can't serve, serve evil. You can't continue walking down that path because of the path of destruction, because the, the wages of sin is death. And no matter what, this man still had love for me. Even when I was disrespectful to him, even when I didn't believe him, I didn't trust him, he still, still had faith in me and love for me. And this man continued every day. There when I woke up, he was there when I went to sleep. And the man I'm speaking of, his name is Jesus. When I used to come to church here, I would come, but I wasn't here. I thought I wasn't good enough to serve the almighty God who we serve. But he says, I don't care about that. He told me, I don't care about that. Just come as you are. Come wholeheartedly. Serve me, ask, you shall receive. And I asked him and I got down on my knees. This is tough. I got down on my knees and I said, Father, forgive me for all my sins and iniquities. As I fully surrender to you, I thank you for dying on that cross for me and not coming down when you could have. He paid a price a week that I could never pay that I could never repay him. And the only thing he asked for is my heart. And all that I was doing throughout my life, all he wanted was my heart. And I couldn't give it to him. I didn't know how to give it to him. I thought, no, I'm a sinner. I can't. He would never forgive me. What it was, I wasn't forgiving myself for what I have done because I'm a child of God and what a mighty God we serve he is faithful to me every single day being in jail was the best time of my life mm. it's, it's sad to say and it really was it turned me around it didn't turn me around to do a 360 because I would wound up in the same place it made me do a 180 and my life was turned around and I was able to, to, to to put on the armor of God and allow Him to strengthen me with His salvation, with His righteousness, with everything. And all the armor I put on, I was wondering, why is all my armor facing towards the front? My helmet, my sword, my belt, everything's the front. And because He told me, don't worry about your back, don't worry about your past. I got your back. And I'm just so grateful to be here giving my testimony. He's just giving glory to God for what he's done in my life. He's done so much. Even when I was in prison, I, I, I got my GED. Sad to say at 40-something years old, I, got, I won't tell you, my age, 40-something years old. <laughs> I got my GED. Amen. 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 That was all God's plans from the beginning. And while in prison, I des- once I got my G, I decided to take up HVAC, which is uh, repairing heating and refrigeration and air conditioning. And what did God do? He put someone in, in prison with me who was an engineer. <laughs> he said, you turn to me, and I will give you everything you need. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he told me, just... just Seek my righteousness and all things will be added to you. Seek my kingdom and all things shall be added to you. He gave me joy in my life. He gave me peace. I never knew what joy and peace was. I thought a peace before was a piece of the action. No, it's a, it's a piece of his love. Yeah. Yeah. That's something no one can take away because when God opens up a door for you or for me, no one can close that door. Yeah. He, he, was, he was able to open up the eyes of my heart. He was able to open up my eyes, my ears to hear things better, to, 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 to study His Word faithfully and, gi- and diligently. When I was in the street hustling and dealing, I didn't know about the do over. I didn't know that God is, 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 the, is the author of do overs. He invented yeah, do overs. Yeah, yeah. He said, If you want a few do overs, I got many do overs. You want a do over? You can do it over after you do it over. And I'm so thankful for that, because when I make a mistake, he's there. When I stumble, he's there to lift me up now. I don't have to worry about being in the street anymore, looking over my shoulder. Oh, 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 oh what kind of bullet am I going to get shot with this time? The only thing I worry about is, am I worthy enough to serve you, Lord? Come on. Amen. And I know he has forgiven me because he puts such a peace and tranquility in my life and in my heart. He has blessed my family and me in in ways that I can never imagine. Amen. And I know that for me and my house, we will serve the (laughs) Lord all the days of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And I'm so thankful that God has redeemed and restored me and for loving me when there was absolutely nothing nothing at all about me to love. But he loves us so. He loves us more than we can imagine. And I love him with all my heart, mind, and soul, and strength. And I have accepted him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I can confess that in front of thousands. I am so happy to be called his child. (laughs) Amen. Amen. When I was, before I went to prison, I told God, I said, please give me patience. I don't want to be like this anymore. Because no one really wants wants to be like that. Even though you you know you're serving God and you still want to serve money, I, I prayed. I said, God, give me patience. And when I prayed for patience, he gave me sufferings. I had to endure a lot. My wife even prayed, God, change him, change him. And my sister said, be careful what you pray for. I asked to change me. And God said, okay, I'm just going to have to separate him from you guys for a while. And I wound up in prison. But that was all his plans from the get-go. I kept just doing, I was like Jonah, I, I, I ran the other way. But no matter what, when he has a plan and a purpose for you, He's going to spit you out where where you're needed, where your passion (laughs) is, where your purpose is. And my purpose is here at the church with the body of Christ to tell you that use your do-overs. Amen. God loves you. I love you, and I thank you so much for taking your time (laughs) and listening to my testimony. God bless all of you. Amen.
0: Wow. So, all we want to do before we just let everybody go, I want to give everybody here the opportunity to just be right with God. I'm not asking anybody to join a church, I'm not asking anybody to be religious. You don't have to change anything about you. I just want you to know that you're right with God. I want you to know that, that, that he's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the do-over. And so for some of you, I want you to have, you know, what you have in your hands today. Hopefully it's exactly what you need. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to use that do-over. You can, you can choose to take it with you today. You can choose to save it. You can throw it away. You say that was just a corny stunt in church. But the, the, the opportunity is, is, is here for you. I love the scripture that says, Choose today whom you are going to serve. As the worship team starts to play, I'm just going to invite you to... Bring your do-over before God. You you can come up to the front. You can do it right where you're sitting. It it doesn't matter. There's no magic. There's no secret formula to it. But I'm just going to invite you to move. I'm going to invite you to do something today. There's no point in coming to church if you're not being challenged. And I just want to challenge you today. Maybe you you, want to come before God with a do-over and Kind of just like I prayed before, you just want to say, God, I'm, I haven't always done things right. I haven't always chosen the godly. Maybe I've been selfish. Maybe I've been prideful. Maybe I've been stubborn. Maybe I missed opportunities. Whatever it is, this is your <coughs> opportunity to start again. And I'm going to invite you, if you need to come forward, if you need to stand before God, this, nobody here is going to look at you different. We all need it. We've all been here. We've all been there. Next week as we start the new year, we're going to enter. I'm going to challenge you for on a 30-day challenge. The theme for the 30-day challenge starting in January is reset. We're going to ask God to just reset everything about our lives. Reset my life with you, God. Re- reset my prayer life, my, my worship life. Re- reset my walk. Reset, put in place what you've set me to be, what you've created me to be. That'll be our, 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 our theme for the, the start of the year. But even now, as we just worship for a couple of moments before we leave, I'm going to invite you. My prayer is that, and the picture that I saw was just a lot of resets across the floor. Just just people that are saying, God, I needed this today, and I'll just come and give it back to you. If we can all stand for a moment as we pray. Father, thank you for the second chance, Lord God. Thank you, God, that I thank you for Papua, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you would rescue him. I thank you, God, that you, that he could be such an example, Lord God, of, of each and everything that we've done, God. The things that we've, that we've uh, stepped out, the things that we've, the mistakes that we've made, the people that we've hurt, God. We thank you that we can come today that we can bring a do-over before you today. We thank you that you're in the middle of our orchestrating our do-over even this morning. God, I thank you that you set some of us up today to receive a do-over from you. And so, Father, I just pray for each and everyone in this place, Lord, those that are listening online, I pray, God, that you would follow through on their do-over, God, that you would Just bring your peace and your joy today, Lord God. We release it to you. And if you need to do that, I just invite you to do so today as we worship.